When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Lee Dundas, who is a true powerhouse. You are an international human rights attorney. And so I love that you said that they asked her to do a speech on mandates yesterday. And she's like, we'll talk about mandates, but we're really gonna talk about communism. That's right. Yeah, and uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on how the mandates are tied to communism. Um, well, they're just a function of, of really totalitarianism, mm-hmm. but what's going on in this country right now is a slow communist takeover, um, and a lot of people are waking up to it. But you just you don't get to a point where you're arresting people for breathing oxygen, or as I mentioned yesterday, paddleboarding in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, or you know, not wearing a mask. It, if you had said prior to February of, of you know 2020, oh, we're going to arrest you if you don't have this thing on your face, people would have been like, what are you talking about? This is America. We don't force people to dress a certain way. I can't come and force you to wear a nun's habit. I can't come and force you to, to cover your hair if you're not Muslim. I mean, we don't force wardrobe uh, you know ideas on people, um, and, and certainly not without good cause, but that's where we're at now, and, and we're, in a, we're living in a land where our dogs have greater rights than we do. And yeah. we are treating our children worse than we treat pets. Yeah. You know, PETA would have been up in arms. They would have been referring out for criminal prosecution if you had kept dogs eight hours a day in little plexiglass cubes and put little, you know, things over their muzzles. I mean, literally, you would have gone away and done hard time for animal abuse. And yet yeah. we're doing that to our children. And it's just absolutely horrifying um, what we're doing to our children and ourselves. If you look at the data on masking, just for example, mm-hmm. um, there's a great doctor, Dr. Margot or Marguerite Brisson, B-R-I-S-S-O-N. You have to Google her on DuckDuckGo, but she she put out an awesome uh, article publication. uh, It's entitled The Wall Will Fall. And she's a neurotoxicologist, neurobiologist, medical doctor. I mean, the woman has enough credentials to like choke a horse. And and it's all about the brain. That's like her area of specialty. And she came out, it was about Christmas time a year ago. So Christmas of the first year of the pandemic, or should I say pandemic? And she said, the, the masking of children is absolutely criminal. They have higher metabolic demands on their body. Their brains are growing and learning. Their bodies are growing and learning. They're constantly twitching around because you know they're learning. They're, they're wiring their body to learn how to do stuff. And um, they're burning more calories than we do. That's why you very rarely see fat kids, but you see a lot of fat adults. Uh, there are other, other issues there too. But, but she said that is just absolutely criminal. And apparently when you deprive the brain of oxygen, for longer than about two to three minutes, 
there are permanent neural connections in the hippocampal area of the brain that die. And they, this is the scary part. The next sentence of her publication says, and when you restore full oxygen, they still never regenerate. So what we are doing is basically permanent brain damage to our children by way of masking. And so we have these governor mandates, like in the state of Oregon, where I just was two days ago. Um, you know, Kate Brown, like my governor in California, like many other governors, made these orders where we had to mask children, including when they're at PE, when they're working out outside. So in Kate Brown's jurisdiction a year or two ago, um, there was a, a mother of a young girl. She was a 16-year-old high schooler. And this mother said, honey, you need to not mask. Like, go to school tomorrow, yeah. tell all your girlfriends on the cheer team and the basketball team, their strength in numbers, you need to all rip those masks off your face, it's dangerous, don't be masking. And the daughter, you know, nodded her head and went to basketball the next day and went to practice. Midway through basketball practice, the mother's home phone rings. And she sees on the caller ID, it's the school. And she's like, yeah, that's my daughter going to be, you know, getting in trouble for not wearing a mask, or that's what she's thinking. So she picks right. up the phone, and it is the school. But it wasn't to say that. The daughter had kept the mask on, gone to basketball practice, couldn't breathe midway through the practice. Walks up to her coach and says, coach, I can't get a deep breath. I, I need to unmask. And the coach is like, no, you can't do that. It's more important that we keep virtue signaling. No, you can't do that. And then he looks at her and he relents a little. And he goes, well, maybe you can take it down for a minute, but, but go in the locker room so nobody sees you. So little Savannah Lay, 16-year-old daughter, same age as my daughter at the time, starts to walk over to the locker room, passes out just inside the threshold, is unconscious for over two minutes. Another girl comes out of a bathroom stall, sees her on the floor, lifts her friend up to the mirror to see if she can fog a mirror, and she can't. She's got no pulse, no respiration, no heartbeat. She's clinically dead. Now every freaking coach in a like three mile radius is on their damn knees of this tile floor doing nonstop CPR, calling 911, Finally, a passing patrolman, he's the first responder, comes in, sees her down, hits her with a Narcan unit, which is what they use to revive people who've OD'd on opiates. Hits her with a Narcan unit, briefly revives her. They get her in the back of the bus, head off to the hospital. She crashes again, no pulse, no respiration, no heartbeat, clinically dead a second time. They get her to the hospital. The entire ER unit is now working on this girl to bring her back from the brink, and they do. They then put her through all the paces, every test known to man between whatever it was, middle of the afternoon and midnight, at which point the ER doc walks into the room with the mom and says, don't repeat this, but your daughter is fine. The thing that caused her to die twice was the fact that she was wearing a mask and playing sports. Now, this was the second or third time. Kate Brown had already lost the week before a runner to a moment of unconsciousness as she crossed the 800 meter line, another teenager, a third grader playing, I think, softball, and a kid at recess. It might have been the fourth time. But did Kate Brown, in her utter wisdom and unbridled power, look at all these kids losing consciousness and go, self, maybe this is a bad idea? Unconsciousness is the last stop before cardiac standstill. If you pull up the OSHA website right now and you go look at it, there's an entire article on OSHA. It's designed for workplace safety, but it applies to all human beings. And the first sentence of this article is, human beings must breathe oxygen to survive. And then it goes to what happens when you deprive them of oxygen. They get a little fuzzy headed. Right. And they say in there, even a moment of fuzzy headedness brain fog, whatever they term it, um, can be fatal. If you've got a target worker up on a, on a ladder and he gets a little woozy and he takes a header face down into a concrete floor, he's dead.
For right? sure. And then they continue on and then they say, and then you, you get fuzzy headedness and then you get short of breath. It, you're not hyperventilating and having a panic attack right. over this mask on your face. That is your cardiac unit going, we don't have enough O2 to send to the red blood cells and the muscles. So we are going to compensate by having the person breathe faster to get more oxygen in and having the heart speed up to get, to pump that blood out to the muscles quicker. Right. Both things are happening, not because you're crazy, but because your body is compensating for the lack of oxygen. And then OSHA goes on in the second paragraph to just say, you get, you get narcolepsy, you get convulsions. The last thought before death basically is unconsciousness. And then if you don't fix it there, you get cardiac standstill. Let me do a lawyer definition of cardiac standstill. Yeah. That's your cardiac unit, your heart stopping beating, which will eventually kill you, which is what happened to Savannah Lay. So this mother, Jessica Lay, calls me up in Oregon, and she is fit to be tied. Of course. And I said, let me get you on every talk show like this that I know, and let's get your story out there. And we did. Yeah. But we have, I mean, if I were at the DA's office in Oregon, like I used to be with the Los Angeles DA's office, sure. I would be directing my next nearest law enforcement officer, you go arrest this woman yeah. for attempted murder, murder and all of the other players from the local and state health officer to the principals to the damn coaches who walked through and said, Heil Hitler, instead of saying, take the damn mask off your face, that could be fatal. You arrest them all for conspiracy to commit murder, you put them on trial and you put them in jail. And that only needs to happen once and you wouldn't have any of these issues going on. You would not be living in a communist state. But we're not doing that and as a result, we do have a slow communist takeover. And when you're not free to breathe oxygen and when your dog and cats have more freedoms than you do, you're living in a third world country and you better course correct before these mandates become FEMA camps and basically new you know, Warsaw ghettos en route to an Auschwitz, in my humble opinion. Yeah, wow, wow, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, seriously, applause for sure. Um, so well said. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about the, this is, in fact, crimes in hu against humanity. It is. It absolutely is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, we, you, you talked about the parallels to, you know, Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been kicked out of doctor's office for saying that. I have been kicked out of many places for saying that. But the parallels are just you know, they're glaringly obvious to yeah. me. Um, you know, it is like straight out of the playbook. So at that time, we had the Nuremberg trials. We did. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, but Nuremberg code is just a code. It's not a law. And so therefore, it's not, you know, enforceable. And what are your thoughts on that? And what, what can people do? I think people feel stymied and paralyzed right now. They do, and um, and go hide under your covers and cry if you must, but there's not a lot of action yeah. when you're in grief and apathy. Yeah. Um, you are far better off moving yourself slightly up the bell curve of emotions toward anger. Uh, yeah. um, because anger is a righteous reaction to an injustice. Absolutely. You are having an abnormal reaction if you watch your daughter be raped and murdered and you laugh or you just sit there and go, yeah, whatever, right? Let me put it in concrete terms. You are watching that happen. We're just not there yet. And so for you to not take heed at the early stage, there's a man with a mask standing outside my door with a gun trying to be let into my house. That's where you fight it down. You don't wait until he's in your living room raping and murdering and robbing your family members. It's a little too late then. It's not an optimal scene. You fight it at the earliest possible juncture and you have a much greater chance of success, whether it's a personal attack on your family one-on-one -on -one, or a societal attack on an entire citizenry, which is what we're, well, really the entire population of planet Earth, it's not just a citizenry. And that's the frightening part. We are in a second Holocaust. Yeah. 
but there's no FDR, there's no Churchill that's gonna come to our rescue. Um, and I think that there, there's a reason for that. I don't think we all learned the lesson we needed to learn coming out of the first Holocaust. Now I say that, having not, of course, lived during that time, um, but we waited for world leaders to come to our rescue. And the United States finally got in the game and England finally got in the game after they were bombed. They were forced into the game, let's be real, right? right. But they finally got in the game and they told Hitler no more and they fought him down and thank God or we'd all be speaking German or just dead because so many people, I'm Romani, you know, we, he, he didn't like the Romani culture any more than he liked the Jewish uh, culture, so, right. so we'd all be gone. Um, but these are indeed crimes against humanity. The Nuremberg Code was the result of Nazi Germany. It was the result of good people everywhere saying, no, we're never going to do this again. Right. We're not going to medically experiment on vulnerable populations. We're not going to allow these types of crimes against humanity to exist. And you, there are many countries that are a treaty and, and covered by the Nuremberg uh, Protocols. But of course, America, despite having been the architect of it, is not one of them. Now, notwithstanding that, many states have either adopted the Nuremberg Code mm -hmm. or done something very similar. So my state of California has codified many of the provisions of the Nuremberg Code. So it actually is enforceable in certain states. You just need to go look at your own state statutes to see if they've codified things like truly informed consent and not experimenting on vulnerable populations without informed consent. And if they have, you've got, at least got pieces of the Nuremberg Code in your, <coughs> sorry, in your state law that you can enforce. Right. And we should start doing that. And we should start uh, unelecting our sheriffs and, and um, recalling our boards that aren't enforcing the, the laws of uh, the state and the country. And if we do that, we, we get a lot farther than if we don't. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Right. Wow. Thank you. Well, it's been really, really gracious. I took away from lunch, so I'm going to let you. You can ask another <laughs> couple questions. I don't care. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so my, my other questions are, what are some things that you can that give people hope? I, you know, we had talked a little bit about that, and I think that is so important because, yes, I, I really like this idea of, you know, going state by state because that's what we have the Tenth Amendment for, even though the current administration says that, you know, we don't have states' rights, and that is absolutely not true. So I think people really should be looking to their local, all politics yep. are local, what you yep. can do locally. Um, but I, I think that in general, a lot of people don't know the law. They don't yeah. know their rights. Yeah. Um, they don't know what they can do to fight. And yeah. so they just feel hopeless. Right. So any action is better than no action. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, people keep looking at the lawyers or people like me and they're like, oh, well, you're a lawyer. I got news for you. I haven't done a single lawyerly thing in the last two years. All of the successes that we have had in my state, in my county, that I have helped or largely executed um, have been a result of me being a pissed off mom and a pissed off citizen. And y'all can be that. You can just channel a little Lee Dundas, pissed off mom, pissed off citizen. Go to your local boards, fight them down there. If they're not listening to you, so, so here's the Betty Crocker recipe. Find the bad plan. Find who's in charge of the bad plan. There's going to be one or two ringleaders at your board of education, at your high school, your kid's high school, the principal, or maybe it's the vice principal, um, at your county board, at your water board, at your, you know, maybe it's your governor, maybe it's not, maybe it's two or three ringleaders in your state legislature. Find the ringleader. You find the mean girl in seventh grade. There's a whole bunch of followers, but there's going to be one who's out there leading the charge. You, you name that person. Mm -hmm. And then you go research them. If they're acting like a Nazi, it's probably not the first time they've done something bad this lifetime. You go find every time they cheated on their husband, cheated on their taxes, whatever it is. Every mm -hmm. time they've behaved illegally, unconscionably, criminally, whatever it is. 
Now, do you need a private detective? That helps. There's a lot of pissed off Republican private detectives who will donate their time for free or retired LAPD cops who will donate their time for free. If you don't have one of those that you can stumble upon, um, go get a soccer mom who's got three hours of downtime every afternoon right. and put her on the job. Where You know, with the internet is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. You can find as much stuff as the cops used to be able to find in their private databases half the time. And you go dig dirt on this person. And then you make that known. You go back to your school board and you say things like, wow, this person did X, Y, or Z. Or, you know, in, in our case, in the Orange County, California, we had a mask mandate. It was our local health officer pushing it. There was nothing that our, our PI crowd found that she had done criminally wrong, although there probably would have been if we continued to, to look for it. But she was a, a Mormon girl who had gone to med school in Utah, and she had been, after med school, she had gone to work at her mother's methadone clinic for eight years, writing Suboxone prescriptions for heroin addicts. I live in Orange County, California. It's a very conservative, soccer mommy kind of place. So I went to our board and I looked at them and I said, did you do any due diligence before you hired this woman? You brought her out of the sticks of Utah. She went to Yuba, which is the middle of nowhere in California. And then you put her in this nice cush job, paid her 170 k She brought her, her mommy's office manager, who was her boyfriend from her mother's methadone clinic. And they set up shop and made house over in Irvine. Here's the address. You got to make sure that it's not illegal to release the address of your elected people. But it wasn't. I said, here's her address. And guess what? Her entire set of clinical competencies is writing opiate scripts for opiate addicts. And you're putting her in charge of our health during a public health pandemic? Are you guys crazy? You appointed this pharmaceutical whore and you can unappoint her. And the board of supervisors were sitting there looking at us like, whoa. And I said, if she continues to to march forth with this nonsense that masking is fine, I'm like, we're going to go do jumping jacks in front of her house in 95 degree weather. And she can start picking up the people who pass out. We can prove that it's fine. And we did that. This is the part I didn't have time to say in, in, the, in my rant in front of the board. Um, we actually, it was actually the next board meeting or maybe the one prior, we put pulse oximeters, which you can buy at Walmart for 15 bucks. They measure, measure your avail, available oxygen in your body. So we put pulse oxes on the ends of people's fingers. This is a great test for you to do with them without a mask. And most people, if they're not compromised with their lungs or their cardiovascular system, they run at 98, 99% oxygen. Mm-hmm. We put it on a triathlete, a normal middle-aged guy who was not overweight, and a very fit, does yoga and runs and whatever, wife of a pastor, famous pastor, among a bunch of other people. These three people just standing, we weren't even doing jumping checks, just standing outside County Hall building while the county meeting was going on, dropped from 99% O2 down to uh, high 70s, which any medical journal article will tell you is organ failure land. You start risking having your kidneys, your heart, your, your major organs shut down. The, the triathlete's like, um, this has been a great, fun little exercise, but I don't want my kidneys and heart to stop, and like took it off. And, uh, and, and we, we actually, we had friendlies who had the phone numbers of some of the board members, and we were texting them, hey, the triathlete's down to 78% O2 capacity. Hey, the wife of one of the founding cities in your uh, county who's really, really rich is also down to 70%, and she's a nurse. We made our Orange County Board of Supervisors very anxious. And then, don't ever make a promise you don't fulfill, we went and we did the same stuff in front of the health officer's house right after the board meeting with our signs on the sidewalk where it's legal to stand because that's public property, not in her driveway, public property, saying basically, you're a Nazi for doing this. And, uh, and she resigned. She resigned. So that wasn't a lawsuit. 
that was a bunch of pissed off people buying $15 items at Save-On and CVS, measuring their O2, getting some friendlies to get the data to the board member, and having a loud mouth like me, and every county has one, they don't need to be a lawyer, go spit fire at the board and be like, what the hell are you thinking doing this? Right. And they can't take the heat. They resign every time. I'm three for three. I got the head of the FAA to resign after we took him to task over the, the pilot safety issue with the vaxes this last two months ago. Um, I got rid of the second in command of the California Department of Public Health doing a press conference two years ago, making all of her sinful times in, in, in public life known. You just have to dig the dirt and put the truth on blast. And these people resign. Uh, what I would close with is a couple of things. One, Martin Luther King Jr., injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Do not, for a single solitary second, think, well, I'm okay because I'm living in a red state. I got news for you. You read my mind. This is going to be my next question. Great. <laughs> got news for you. I got a little time lapse of Hitler's march across Europe and the world that I can play. And it starts with Germany being red. And it's great because it's narrated by a German. So you don't understand what he's saying, but it's all very harsh content. It's like, and you see it bleeding red across Europe and then, you know, up toward Norway and then right toward Russia. And then, I mean, it's just, it'll be you next. You're living in a red state. Yeah. You're living in Poland at the beginning of World War II. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be you next if you don't fight down this tyranny everywhere. So if you are living in Texas, if you are living in Florida, go help the people living in New York and California. We need your help. Send us money, send us your time. You got some retired soccer moms, you got some grandparents who aren't busy, go have them go to these frontline meetings that we're having. There is power in numbers. You don't have to be from my county. When I ran a TV ad against a really bad plan when they were trying to do a digital vaccine passport, I literally ran a TV ad in Orange County, but the bottom sentence was, I don't care where you live, if you're my side of the Mississippi, come to the next board meeting. We had 2,000 people at the next board meeting. We had spies in the county building that said they were looking out the window going, game over, we can't do this. We can't fight this, these numbers. People came from as far away as Idaho, Arizona, and Texas to that board meeting. Thank you, by the way. Thank yeah. you. But this is what we need to do everywhere. And you people just need to ask. People are like, oh, I live in a 200-person town. I'm like, well, go ask the 500 people living in the town down the road to come support you when you go support them. This is a group effort, which leads me to my next quote, Margaret Mead. Never doubt, I'm going to slaughter it, because I haven't had much sleep and I'm still a little jet lagged. Never doubt that a small group of concerned citizens can change the world. For indeed, they are the only ones who ever have. If you look at Nazi Germany, if you look at all these genocides of our past, they didn't win. The bad guys didn't win because eventually enough good people got in the mix and said, no, we're not doing this anymore. If we all just stood up today, it'd be game over. And we're starting to. And don't think that we're not converting the other side because we are. 42% by regular polling, media polling, which you can't even trust, 42% of 18 to 54-year-old Democrats, maybe it's 25 to 50-year-old, anyway, the main meat and potatoes of the Democrats, the ones who vote, 42% are now watching Tucker and Hannity. CNN can't get over a million views on a single one of their programs since October of last year. Del Bigtree gets six million per week, per podcast. Yeah. You are the new media. You got a cell phone like this one? You got a mic you bought at Target for 15 bucks? You are the new citizen journalist. Use it and use it well. If there had been this in the middle of Auschwitz, Auschwitz never would have happened. Do not let go of your communication channels. They are more important than bullets in a war. Why are we not using TV ads? The left is using TV ads. How do you think they brainwash the population to think the vaccines are good? Pharma's, pharma has bought every single TV ad. Guess what? We can still buy TV ads. 
I ran a Holocaust Survivor TV commercial with a Holocaust Survivor saying, Orange County, what the hell are you playing at? This is how Hitler started hunting my people, was with passports. Passports are the beginning and the end. You let a passport plan through, you got one foot in the grave. You may as well just hang the white flag out and say, come get me, Nazi Germany and North Korea. I'll go into the camp right now. Do not let passports happen. Once they can restrict your travel and force you into a camp, you have zero power. We must fight this out. We did that using TV ads. They won't let us into the newspapers. They won't let us into social media, but we are rebuilding those, so stay tuned. Um, and we need to rebuild the society we want. And we are we're rebuilding healthcare. We're re rebuilding the schools. Where I'm part of a, a business proposition that is rebuilding an Amazon for Patriots. So stay tuned. It's called 28A. Give us a minute. We're getting there. In the meantime, where are the millionaires and billionaires? I am taking you to task right now. Your running doesn't mean jack shit if you're in a FEMA camp or your child is. And don't think for a hot second they're not going to come for you first. Let me tell you, I am best friends with a woman whose family was the richest family in Cuba in the 1960s. They ended up on a plane with the shirts on their back to Europe. And then to get to America, they sent their oldest son by himself because the immigration policy in our country at the time was if your child comes unaccompanied, then you get to follow them. But you can't come as a family. They pinned a note to his lapel saying, if so-and-so doesn't come to get me at LaGuardia or wherever he flew into, please a police officer route him to this family. And a police officer ended up having to route him. That is how her family got here. Castro came for the rich people first because communists are poor and they want your money. You got a bigger bank account? Use it now fighting for freedom. Because let me tell you, all the money, all of Midas's money, you're going to be burning it. Your legal tender is tinder to keep warm in a feeding camp if you don't use it now. The value of a dollar is determined not by how many you have, but how you choose to deploy them. What on God's green earth is more important than your freedom? Amen. What? What? So, um, yeah, if you, if you are a millionaire or billionaire or even somebody who's a graphic artist, okay, I'm not just talking to the rich guys out there. Everybody has something they can contribute to this fight. Every time I don't have to pay an accounting firm to do my nonprofit's taxes, that's money and time I save that I can deploy to the fight. Every time I don't have to spend money and time drafting up a new logo when we rebrand, that's money and time I can put to the fight. If you've got money or time, give it to the fight. The lawyers and doctors, there's no FDR or Churchill coming. You think Sweden and South Dakota are going to save you? You're wrong. They're, they're all, we're all under attack right now. There is no place you're going to immigrate to if America falls. And as California goes, so goes the country, so goes the world. That is why all eyes are on California right now. We have 10 bad bills in my state legislature. They are trying to legalize infanticide, which is the killing of actually born children, not in the middle of the abortion it died. Like the baby is out of the mother, it's alive for three days, and they're still calling that it's okay to kill it. They are trying to make us vaccinate everybody before we can work, even pulling strawberries out of the ground. W-2, independent contractor, doesn't matter. They are trying to, to, this one's got my name on it. If you speak out against social media, they're gonna come after you. There is a database that all social media participants like Facebook and all the others are gonna be required to have. And if you talk about election, uh, conspiracy theories, vaccines, or any sort of medical information that goes against the narrative, um, you are reported automatically to a database that is automatically shared with the attorney general for that guy to come after people like me. 12-year-olds and up can vaccinate themselves with the COVID vaccine because we've all seen kids do it. I'm going to eat more Skittles than you did. I'm going to see how many times the nurse will hit me with the COVID vaccine. And you see, that COVID vaccine is still not FDA approved. Do you know why? It can't get through the animal trials without killing every single ferret in the trial. Okay, why? Why are we allowing our children to take this? Why on earth would we allow them to bypass the parents who can act as a safeguard for something that is still in the experimental phase? You trust our government? Go look up DDT. Go look up thalidomide. Go look up 
uh, hexachlorophene, which they put in soap that they washed babies' heads with in the late 60s. Go look up TES, diethylsilbestrol. They gave it to women to prevent miscarriages, and all the generation of babies that were born that were women ended up with ovarian problems, cancers, not just infertility, cancers. It takes a long damn time for some of these side effects to become known. But I would say the nurses doing this are sort of proof positive that there's something wrong with the COVID vaccine already. Yeah. Already. The DOD website that tracks incidents of disease in the U.S. military jumped from 1.7 million every single year, 1.7 million incidents of disease, to almost 22 million in the nine months after they introduced the vaccine to the, to the armed forces. Why? Only variable was the damn vaccine, not COVID. COVID was the year before. It didn't jump at all. We had a 20 million. The stat was going like this. If you were to grab this thing, it went through the roof in the nine months after that COVID vaccine was introduced. This COVID vaccine is not safe. But in my state, they're going to like allow 12-year-olds to make this decision. I got news for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Going and meeting with your legislatures, legislators and writing um, letters and suing them once they pass the bad law, God bless you if you're going to do that. It is necessary, but not sufficient. What has been effective in California are TV ads and standing in front of these bad people's homes. And when I talked to New York yesterday, a guy I didn't know goes, you know how we defeated our bad bill? We went in front of the guy, the legislator who was pushing the bad bill, his house. We didn't attack him at the Capitol. They don't care. We went to his house and we called him a Nazi. And then we, the New York Times called us Nazis for calling him a Nazi. So the next day we brought back Hasidic Jews in full regalia mm -hmm. to call him a Nazi, and it was game over. He did exactly in New York what I did with the Holocaust survivor on my TV ad in California. There are things that work. Why are we reinventing the wheel and continuing to do things that did not work? That is a definition of insanity. I ask again, we need your money to run TV ads. That is the only thing that works, is frying people in the court of public opinion. Anyway, back to the main drag. I'm gonna end on a study with hope. So there was a guy who drowned a bunch of rats to see how long rats would swim before they died. Oh, and it's kind of grueling. I know, she yeah. loves it not because of what I'm saying now, but what I'm about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. We're not sadists who like to kill little furry rats. No, for no, 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 good so, clarification. So, so this guy, I think his name's Curl or Carl, Kurt or Carl Richter. He throws them into a bucket and they're swimming and they're swimming and then they get really tired and then they drown after about 15 minutes. And he's like, wow, I was kind of hoping for a little more out of these wild rats that are the descendants of the rats that jumped off the boats that Christopher Columbus was on and swam. We, we, we read how they swam you know, through the waves to populate the, the earth and take over our flora and fauna. And he's like, well, let me try my lab rats. So he throws his fat, sassy you know, lab rat sitting in the back of his cage, getting his food, you know, spoon fed to him every day by his caretaker. So he throws these fat, fluffy white rats into the, into the drink and he's thinking that they're probably gonna swim less long because they're fat and they're lab rats and they're not wild rats. And they actually swim about a minute longer. And now Richter's like, what the heck? What the heck? Why are my couch potato lab rats out swimming my wild rats? This does not make any sense. That's like the fat old guy, you know, beating the 18-year-old the army boot camp recruit. Like, how, what? So he, he's, he's turning this over in his mind and he's like, well, maybe it's, got to do with hope. Maybe the lab rats are used to being spoon-fed their, their dessert every night by my caretakers in the, in the labs. So maybe in their mind, they're thinking, yeah, maybe that dude who feeds me is going to come rescue me. So that hope sort of gives them a, a, you know, an extra oomph at the end to swim a minute longer. So he decides to put this to the test. And he throws the lab rats into the buckets. And again, they tap out at like 16 minutes or whatever. And then right before they're about to sink, he pulls them out by their tail 
and he like dusts their little rat heads off with a with a towel and he's like you're a good little furry rat you got this you can do this poof back in the water and the question is are these rats going to swim not as long the second time because let's face it they just already swam a marathon to, to full muscle failure until they were going to die so they're a little tired and they've only had like 30 seconds of reprieve right so they're going to swim less long about the same or longer than the first time and a lot of people have their money on, well, they're going to swim less far or less long because they just, you know, they already ran a marathon once today, right? But they actually swam longer. And it wasn't just a little bit longer. Instead of swimming 15 or 16 minutes the second time, they swam for three days. Every time I think about it, it makes me Right? I know. It's amazing. These little rats swam for three days. Three days. That is the power of hope and faith and belief. And like, I think Eleanor Roosevelt, or maybe it was Henry Ford, I forget, somebody said, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. Wars are won up here. They're won up here. They're won by our belief that we can get there. Everything we look at, this purse, I'm borrowing your purse. This purse was an idea in somebody's mind. This Evian bottle was an idea in somebody's mind. The logo was an idea in somebody's mind. The cap that screws on was an idea in somebody's mind. This linen napkin, how they made it, was an idea in somebody's mind. Oh, it's gonna be this shade of yellowy, buttery, ivory, whatever. Right? The plate. It, nothing exists in the world that wasn't a product of somebody's mind. The game is in your head. It's not out here in the physical universe. You get your head right, you've already won. Nothing anybody can do can touch you. So get in the game. Get off your couch. If you're going to get sad, turn it to mad. Have absolute certainty that we're going to win because we always have and we always will. Every single time this planet has flirted with tyranny. It has drawn back from that brink, stronger, better, faster, and more humane. And the fact that you and I are looking at it as, at each other right now and looking at a cell phone, that is proof positive that we're survivors. And we're going to survive this too. The question yeah. is, how much death and carnage are we going to allow to occur in the meantime? Right. And that is 100% within our control. And I am here to tell you, the dial is spinning in our direction. We have drag queens in San Francisco last month who recalled their over overly liberal board members and we've got almost half the democrats right now watching tucker and hannity we've already won we have. go get in the fight help the fighters who are out there pick your favorite charity donate time or money and uh we're gonna get her done that's all i got for you yeah today. thank you You're and welcome. where can people find you oh, and support you yeah. And, yeah and this fight. is why i'm poor okay because i always <laughs> forget to tell people my name and where they can find me well, so i'll remember for you <laughs> So my name, I'm a human rights attorney, and my name is Lee, L-E-I-G-H, because my mama gave me extra letters to make my life hard. But that's okay, me you know. Me too. I'm Courtenay. Courtenay. We've all <laughs> right? got all these extra extra vowels and stuff. So it's L-E-I-G-H, and the last name is Dundas, D-U-N-D-A-S, because my husband is Scottish. Apparently they say it Dundas in Scotland. I was going to ask how you pronounce your name. Yes, okay. Well, we, we tried to make a reservation at the Dundas Castle uh, one time, and the gentleman informed my husband, uh, sir, you are mispronouncing your own name. And my husband's like, I am? And he goes, yes, it is Doondas. And my husband's like, uh, okay, you say it your way across the pond. I'm going to say it my way here. I'm going to get my ass kicked if I say Doondas. <laughs> so it's Lee Dundas. And uh, my, uh, my website is freedomfighternation.org. 
Uh, it is named that because you and I are freedom fighters, if you're listening to me, and there is a nation of us, and so we need to find each other, and you can find me and people like me at freedomfighternation.org. All of the initiatives I've fought down uh, or helped to fight down, the pilots, um, the FAA fight, the truckers, like all that data is up on my website along with the donate button, along with um, how to contact me if you want to help do my taxes at the end of the year, or help with logos, or, or help with the website stuff, because I suck at all that stuff like that. Um, so that's where you can find me and I'd love to meet you in person one day so reach out don't be shy thank you so much thank you take care guys bye This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.